What is going on, everyone? Hunter Doro from Philly Insider Podcast and Inside the Eagles here. We've got my man Sanjay back on here from Philly Insider as well. And we have special guest Ross Jackson here from Canal Street Chronicles and from the Locked on Saints podcast. Thank you for joining us, Ross. I have all the links to his, his podcast and his work below. Why don't you introduce yourself for everyone? Hey, man, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm writing over at Canal Street Chronicles, editor covering over there, the New Orleans Saints, and also hosting the Locked on Saints podcast, which is a daily podcast every Monday through Friday covering the New Orleans Saints. We cover every team, uh, NBA, NFL, MLB. We're very busy. Uh, so, you know, very grateful to uh, be able to be a part of such an outstanding network over there and super grateful to be joining you guys here on this uh, wonderful, wonderful preview episode looking at this game this week, man. I, I appreciate y'all for having me here. It means a lot. Well, thank you so much for joining on. We really appreciate having you as well. And oh, yeah. this is, uh, there, with the Eagles, there's always quite the storylines that pop up, but this week, especially with the team, um, I mean, the quarterback matchup is something we're going to key in on, I'm sure, but I just want to get you guys just like a general feeling about this game, how you guys yeah. are, you know, going into this game. What are you guys both thinking? Obviously, Ross, for you, um, you guys are 10 and two. It's a lot of a different perspective that hope, we were hoping the Eagles might have this time of year, but I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Hey man, look, the Eagles are still in it. All right. All right. They're still in it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can't give up in the NFC East, yo. Don't say that, Ross. Don't say that. Don't say all right. That. All right. All right. Uh, no, I mean, look, for, for the New Orleans Saints and for New Orleans Saints fans, it's all about the opportunity here to get a 10 straight win. If they get this win, then they end up locking up the NFC South. But as the shirt said last year when they handed them all out amongst the division winners, the South is not enough. There's more that this team still has to do, and there's bigger visions for this team moving forward. Uh, this is a team that has shown to be very complete despite any of the missing pieces. Pieces that it has winning without Drew Brees, without Michael Thomas, without Emmanuel Sanders, the two starting corners, offensive linemen, all these things, which I know y'all know very well the the uh, the fight of what it's like to work without offensive linemen. If I remember correctly, 12th, 12th different offensive line combination coming yep. up for the Eagles. Wild, man. It's and just so, like 12. I thought it was more than 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, start, 12 starting lineups. It might be more, okay. more okay. lineups throughout, right? Uh, but no, I mean, like that that's really the goal for the Saints. I think that some Saints fans have looked at this game and went, hey, this could be a potential trap game, but it's hard to fall into a trap game situation when you're starting a backup quarterback, right? Any of those games, it's all about evaluation. It's all about getting that guy out there and seeing what you've got, especially in a situation like what New Orleans has here to where they're not only learning about themselves in the present, they're potentially learning about themselves for the future. So these are still very important games for this team for a lot of different reasons gotcha well sanjay what are you uh what are you thinking about this matchup man uh, this is gonna be one of those where it's gonna test my loyalty as a fan to keep the tv on the whole time that's what that's what i'm feeling it's everywhere you look if you i say this certain times on this podcast i say i make gut feeling calls where there's no logic behind anything i'm saying whatsoever and it's just uh -huh. a gut feeling. I don't even have a gut feeling. Like I can't even like stretch out <laughs> a gut feeling out of this that we even have some chance. That's how far gone this game is to me. I mean, basically, like you mentioned, you are a very complete team. And as of now, we are a very incomplete team. Sure. I'm very curious to see what Hurts does. If I'll say there is positives now to the season. Me and Hunter were yeah. talking a bit before we went live. It's seeing the young guys possibly on this team maybe grow up a little bit, develop in these games. But I don't think it'll turn into a win. And if there are going to be promising moments again, I don't think they'll lead to anything substantial in terms of like pulling out this game. I mean, 
like the for one, most of the young guys that we're talking about that we're excited about, they're gonna need they're gonna need this experience to learn. The emphasis being they need that experience first. Like they have their definite right. flaws. I don't think young talent is enough to overcome a team like yours where you're talking about competing for a championship, like not finding polishing up the edges to like what is sure pretty much Mm -hmm. universally viewed as a contender right now. So I just think I'll be glad if it doesn't get to like, if it doesn't get to a three score, it doesn't get to a four score gap. I'll be glad like that to me. That's a win. I'm just being being real here, guys. If it doesn't get, if it's just three scores, I'll be fine. If it's four, I'm going to feel a certain type of way. Sure. But that's, that's what it is to me. Yeah. I, I mean, speaking of feeling a certain type of way, uh, I, I felt a certain type of way after that 48, seven blowout a couple of years ago. Yeah. There was uh, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of feelings around that one for sure. Yeah. I, I actually funny. Cause I was, I was back in high school when this happened. So, you know, I was a little less mature. So I went back into my room, turned off the lights and I just listened to sad music for about, I think like a good, <laughs> a good, at least a good two hours hey. that day. Um, you gotta, you gotta process how you're comfortable processing, man. It's all good. <laughs> little, little that I know the Eagles would go on a run at the end of that year um, and lose to the Saints again in the playoffs after Alshon hey. dropped the ball. <laughs> oh. RIP, my man, Alshon. Oh. What used to <laughs> so th- these games against these last two games against the Saints have just had me feeling some type of way, and I'm just, I was just really hoping, like going into this game at the start of the season, I was like all right, get a little bit of momentum and then, you know, we'll be in good shape by the time we play the Saints. Maybe this, the third time will be the charm after the last two. And here we are at three, eight and one. Um, it's uh yeah, like Sanjay said, it's a lot about the development of the young guys at this point. You know, obviously we have a backup quarterback starting who we drafted in right. the second round. That's a big deal. You know, yep. you want to see what you have in him. You know, I don't think anyone in Philadelphia thought that was the right pick at the time. Even if he does pan out, it's not the right pick because you still paid another quarterback $128 million. But you still have to see what you have in him and why he was drafted here. I'm excited to see him play. I'm I'm excited to see how the team steps up to this challenge. And, you know, they're going to be, again, on 425. It's going to be another national stage, um, which, you know, isn't exactly something that we're excited about at this time of year with Eagles fans, uh, or at least just this year in general. Um, so yeah, I, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup, and I think with that, we should look at the injury report. And I, I want to get kind of your your take on some of the Saints uh, injuries that I, I came across here. Um, yeah. I'll go I'll go over the Eagles one real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have everyone. Yeah, so it's not that bad. It's <laughs> two thirds, two thirds of the team. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sanjay is not wrong because most of the guys who are uh, most of the guys on the Eagles injury report or or, or aren't on the injury report because they're already on injury reserve. Already on injury reserve. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So, so um, Fletcher Cox, I can like pretty much guarantee he'll play. He's on the injury report every week. He just gets rest. TJ Edwards, that's not good. He's a young guy. He's a linebacker who has really grown this year. Um, He came out of the game last week. And our linebacker play is already terrible right now, um, especially in pass coverage. They're very young. Then we have Rudy Ford. He's a special teamer. Sanjay knows he's one of my favorite players. On uh, he, 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 All he does, he's a gunner on special teams, but I just love watching him play because he always gets tackles. So I love him. I hear you. I hear you. That's Man, Justin quick, Hardy for the Saints for me. Real quick, <laughs> real quick interjection here. 
where yeah. I was chilling at Hunter's house a couple weeks ago watching a game with him. <laughs> when this when this man Rudy Ford made a tackle, I I haven't seen Hunter that excited all season. Not the Eagles have given I him much it. to cheer for, but Look. Rudy Ford just leveled the guy, and Hunter went absolutely ballistic. Look, man, I, I always call I call the sort of second title for Locked On Saints, Locked On Special Teams, because I'm a huge special teams fan. And we had something similar. There was a, a linebacker, Zach Bond, who the Saints just drafted this past yeah. year out of uh, the, the third round. He got a humongous special teams tackle, I think, the first game against the Falcons. And that was probably more replayed than any of Taysom Hill's touchdowns have been so far this season. <laughs> <laughs> You, you got to love special teams. Those guys, got like, you, sometimes you go back and watch the All-22, and you'll see, like, you, you won't see stuff that's shown on TV copy. You'll just see some guys throwing absolutely insane blocks out there, just tossing guys across the field, and it's, it's fun to watch. You'll you'll love this, and and I promise we'll move on from special teams. But you you'll love this, Hunter. Uh, one of our <laughs> like the be, one of the best writers in the Saints market this like this morning, uh, Nick Underhill just put out a, a rundown article where he was breaking down some of the things that he talked about. Justin Hardy. One of the clips that he showed in all twenty two is the fact that Justin Hardy as a gunner is getting off coverage from the Jammers. It's incredible. All right, I'm yes. done. I'm done. I'll I love that. I love that. <laughs> we could we could talk all day about special. Everyone's teams. like, "Who's it? What are they even talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I love it. I love it. Um, but after him, we have Michael Jacay, um, who is not practicing now. Here's the thing: Avante Maddox, he was playing outside corner. Most of us believe he should be playing in the slot. But last week, he got a severe injury. He is pretty much done for the season. And now Michael Jacay, who is our rookie cornerback, who is our backup, he's also hurt. Our other corner, Craig James, I believe he is hurt as well. So our safety, Jalen Mills, who played corner last year, every Eagles fan knows how that went. He's going to have to probably slide back down to cornerback. That'll that'll get it'll get ugly. I'll just say that right now. And the two two years ago against the Saints when we lost forty eight seven, we were also in a cornerback dilemma back then. So yes. it does not bring back good memories. And speaking of which, Darius Slay has been limited. He'll probably try to play through it, but. I, you you can kind of tell that knee is bothering him lately. It is, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not an issue. Devonta Adams and DK Metcalf absolutely torched him. Um, I don't think that would be much different without the knee injury, but um, you can tell it's definitely bothering him. So that could sure. affect how he plays. Alshon, he's going to play. Jason Peters is officially done for the season. He just got right. toe injury today. Um, and then Derek Barnett, he showed up uh, yesterday with a pelvic injury, which is not something. You really want to mess with that was interesting we're not sure if he's going to play he's important to the defensive line so that's pretty much yeah. the eagles rundown for you and i'm sure you've heard some about that as well so i want to kind of get your input on the saints and who you're expecting to play and not to play because we see um david anyameta on here who mm-hmm. has been a pretty important part of that team and as well we have um, a lot of guys limited and also patrick robinson did not practice that man's yeah, name um, is not shy turtle is it shy tuttle <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. That's a legendary name, otherwise. Yo, he's okay. a shy turtle, but he's he's a beast on the field. You feel me? No, but yeah, shy turtle. Uh, <laughs> uh, shy turtle. He's great. Um, he's been he's one of those undrafted free agent defensive linemen that the Saints tend to pull every season somehow or another, and so he's been really good for them. But the the two players that I would definitely watch out for uh, are Patrick Robinson and Janoris Jenkins because they sort sort of affect each other. Janoris mm-hmm. Jenkins had a knee injury that he avoided in his MRI serious damage sounds a lot like uh Darius Slay of course in his injury 
So avoided serious damage, but was unable to play last week. If the uh, if Drew Rashinkins isn't able to go this week, then usually Patrick Robinson is the player that they would turn to to play on the outside in his place. And he has filled in uh, pretty well, actually, these last couple of games that he's had to do that, including going up against Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley just two weeks ago and performing really, really well there. He also helped up uh, go against Marvin Lewis and uh, Kenny Galladay back in the week four matchup against uh, the Detroit Lions. So he's somebody that is a really good depth piece that makes you feel like you're not really losing anything. He stepped in in place of both Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins at different parts of the, at different points of the season so far. So he's an important piece. So one of those two guys playing is best for New Orleans. If both of them are out, that puts P.J. Williams on the outside, who is sort of sounds a lot like the corner you were just talking about, to where he's really a slot guy, but putting him out on the outside, you might have to simply because of the fact that he can be physical. So watch out for that. Uh, most of these other guys that are limited, Michael Thomas, Ryan Ramchick, Deontay Harris, Jai Tuttle, and Malcolm Brown, I'd expect to see them play unless they have any type of a setback. Losing a guy like Ryan Ramchick would be huge, especially against a very talented front four with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the potential of not having Derek Barnett on the field is really big for the Saints. Uh, but, you know, if that front four is healthy and ready to go and uh, the Saints are going to need that offensive line protection because that's how the Saints lose this game is by losing in the trade which is on the offensive side. Uh, as for uh, David Onyemata, he was out with an illness, so it just kind of depends on what that illness is. You see illness pop up in the injury report now in 2020. It could be anything. And so you want to yeah. be careful with him. You know what I mean? And be careful about him. So ideally, he'll be okay. We'll see what his game status is later on on Friday. Uh, and then the limited participation, the downgrade with the knee injury for Latavius Murray, definitely something to watch. I feel like this has to be a big Alvin Kamara game in the first place, but not having Latavius Murray, even having Ty Montgomery back, that really puts a lot more on Alvin Kamara to produce in the on the ground game. But he needs to get involved in the the passing game in this game as well gotcha well thank you for uh for your insight on that and also uh you mentioned patrick robinson guy who we are very oh familiar of course with of Eagles course fans. and uh he was he was our slot corner in the super bowl yeah. year oh uh, he was we, he was so he had a magical season that year and the yeah. whole year was magical but uh mad respect to him um it's going to be weird seeing him out there playing him for the first time since we we had him on the team or actually no yeah. i think we played him in 2018 but um yeah yeah, I, and I, I mention I mention all the time because people have been asking me like, what is it about Patrick Robinson that has really stepped up to where he's playing that outside corner position so well this season? And I look back to the Philadelphia Eagles years, to where yes, he was playing in the slot, but he was partnered with Malcolm Jenkins, and Malcolm Jenkins yeah. I think helped him a ton in terms of communication, rhythm, all that other stuff. See what I'm doing? And then you end up now with him performing super well with Malcolm Jenkins in that backfield again. That's a huge, huge, or excuse me, that secondary again, which is a huge benefit for him. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, you transitioned perfectly into this uh, this Saints defense. What we were going to talk about? No big deal, you know. <laughs> um, but we're gonna see we're gonna see Malcolm on on Sunday. You know, we loved Malcolm when he was in Philly. He was yeah. an integral part of that team. We would not we would not have done squat without him. I don't think on defense, and it's kind of showing at times this year. Um, and your your defense overall is kind of heating up lately. Um, even even discluding the Kendall Hinton game as well, um, right. which was something crazy in and of itself. But um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> just give us your insight on this defense. And, and Sanjay, you can kind of after that, you can kind of speak on kind of how you think our offense is going to match up with this with all the new dynamics and everything, too. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, look, you look at this this defense for New Orleans, and a lot of it just simply comes down to the differences between early on in the season where they were struggling, giving up big plays, giving up a ton of you know not really giving up a ton of yardage, but the defensive penalties and giving up a ton of points, particularly in the red zone. Where at one point I think they were like twenty one of twenty three giving up scores in the red zone. They were horrific down there. Uh, the Saints now, as you get to this point in the season, one of the biggest differences has been uh, has been execution, which breaks down to a couple of different things: passing players off from zone to zone communicating with one another pre-snap communication pre-snap diagnosis and then of course eye discipline eye discipline was huge for them you look back Mm. to the green bay game week three in new orleans the bootleg play actions the the play actions the the y leaks for the tight ends all of those things were things to where the saints were struggling because those defensive backs had their eyes in the backfield and then receivers were just running right past them or making moves right around them different different situations like that and so they've gotten much better with eye discipline and a lot of that has come down to the addition of Quan Alexander and then mm-hmm. figuring out the appropriate usage of Malcolm Jenkins because he was not being used. The Green Bay game was the first game where you really saw Dennis Allen go, now I get it. Now I get it. Now I know how to use Malcolm Jenkins and how to use him out on the field because Malcolm Jenkins played a hell of a game in that matchup against Green Bay, taking away some of Matt LaFleur's passing concepts underneath in particular. And so they really sort of took that, extrapolated it, and then made it a focal point for him on the defensive side. So the Saints right now have done a good job at two-level defense, which is taking away the short, taking away the intermediate levels, and then forcing the offense, the quarterback, to have to wait for deeper, deeper developing passing concepts, Mills concepts. Uh, You can't really run, you know, running mesh concepts, things close to the line of scrimmage, not working as well against the Saints right now because they've got DeMario Davis, Quan Alexander patrol in the middle of the field, doing a great job with the sort of sideline to sideline speed. Their range is ridiculous. CJ Gardner Johnson, who continues to get in every receiver's head that he goes up, that he stands in front of and Mm -hmm. also uh, continues to play well. And, you know, he's been a great, he's been a great addition to the Saints blitz package as well. So it's it's a combination of like all of that execution stuff getting cleaned up, but then also understanding the appropriate roles player by player and how to play a defensive style to everyone's strength. So you see a lot of single high coverage, cover one, cover three, but starting with some of those split safety looks. They're playing single high about 54% of the time since the bye week. So they're still playing a lot of that split safety look, but they're really relying on allowing Marcus Williams to take away middle deep parts of the field and then giving coverage over on the opposite sides as well in the in the left and right thirds. Hmm. Well, I mean, you went through a lot of the systematic parts of your defense. So now allow me to get into how yeah, it's going to be a huge mess for our offense. To start with, <laughs> oh, I just no. want to acknowledge one thing. You yeah. are completely right in that to begin the year, Malcolm Jenkins really wasn't getting used in its traditional role, which he had with us right. a lot here, which was Malcolm really was to me. And I know he wasn't the first to be like this, but he was one of those players who really popularized the whole hybrid free safety linebacker. Right occasionally moving into the slot nickel type, like one of those versatile defensive players who you could really move anywhere and who just had instinct for making plays on the ball. A guy who could be like the central hub of your defense. It's like he wasn't, you guys are just trying to use him as like a traditional safety at first. And that was why Yeah, it wasn't really meshing at first. Now, obviously you see him getting more into his own. So I just thought that was a really cool point you brought up. And now getting into the matchups. This is going to be a messy game for our receivers, especially, especially. Because the last few weeks, there's one thing which our, we have a group chat for this podcast. And there's mm-hmm. one thing our group chat has been mad about with our receivers. It's the lack of separation. Oh, the man. lack of the ability to get off of physical press coverage. You can't do that in the NFL. It doesn't matter how fast you are. It doesn't matter how good you are at catching the ball. It, 
doesn't matter how good your routes are. If you can't get off that line, none of that matters. And you saw it, especially in the Seahawks game. People got moved. They got moved just off their, off the ball, off their routes. They got bullied at the line. Our receivers, this could be a really messy matchup for them. I'll take it on the head. I had a really big prediction prediction this year that Jalen Rager would be one of the best players for us. In this last game, he struggled so much with coming off the press. And against your corners, oh, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see what it'll be like. Yeah, it'll be they, bad. They're really physical, too. Like, that's their trademark. Oh. That's one of the reasons why they kept Norris Jenkins around was so that they could play that press man coverage because they were getting forced into zone a lot with having, like, Eli Apple and Ken Crawley play opposite Marshawn <laughs> Lattimore. They didn't want to do that anymore. So that's one of the reasons why they they went out and got Janoris Jenkins, who I'm sure y'all are also familiar with as well, being within that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, yeah. that's the point, though. That type of physical mm-hmm. play, our receivers haven't really shown the ability to get off that kind of coverage. And then you talk about, like you mentioned, the mesh concepts, that close to the line type play, you guys clogging up the middle with your linebackers, Quan Alexander, and now Jenkins too coming in and like kind of shutting right. that off if he sees it. It's like that middle, which is where we've honestly needed like players to get open because to the edge, to the outside, we've had a lot of struggles this year because corners just kind of press our receivers off the line and they can't really break to the outside. So the middle is where we've done a lot of our playing with our tight end sets. Mm-hmm. You see Goddard getting a lot over the middle. You see backs occasionally catching passes over the middle. I won't be surprised if there are one or two picks off the middle of this game just off of those routes alone because I can already see it. I can already see Hurts looking for the check down and Malcolm or one of your linebackers just flying down out of nowhere, popping the guy, goes up in the air, and somebody catches it. Like The way you guys take away the middle is probably the most problematic thing to me about this game. Mm -hmm. I just think it's going to be curious to see how Doug transitions the offense more to the outside how right. this will limit Goddard's effect. Goddard has been such a huge playmaker, our tight end for us this year. He's been such a huge playmaker for us. I'm really worried about him against this defense because this is probably one of the best he's come up against. And they're going to be looking for him. Like It's not to the point now where Goddard's like kind of like on the back end of a plan. Right. You game plan for Goddard now. Teams know about him. And my whole point being... It's just going to be a mess there. And then you look, especially, I didn't even want to get into the run game at all because your D-line is monstrous. Our (laughs) O-line is trash buckets right now. I feel so bad for Miles. It's not like Doug is even going to run the ball. So, I mean, I don't even feel like we (laughs) can talk about that. Are we going to see another 17-run game like against Seattle, you think? (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if it's less, honestly. Oh, no. Like, our coach really, like, you don't understand, Ross. As a team which commits to the run, you don't know how saddening it is for us teams who – seem to have just no concept of establish the ground game first. Like it's such a basic rule to winning football games. You start by establishing the run, you move out to the pass game. And our team just refuses to do that. It just doesn't seem, and I get our personnel is obviously bad, but when you have a back like Miles who just makes something out of nothing, you at least want to give him a chance. Yeah, We don't even give him that chance. So that right there, that's my breakdown. And he's not super involved in the passing game, right? Or has it been this year? He's shown ability to catch passes out of the backfield in previous yeah. years, well, just last year, but we <laughs> yeah, haven't really right. seen it from him this year, whether that was due to injury, him coming back in a more limited role. You see Boston Scott being sure. mostly the pass catching back. Like, yeah, just hasn't incorporated him in that level of the offense this year. Yeah. Former, former yeah. Louisiana tech legend, Boston Scott, by the way, we love him. <laughs> we love True. him. True. He's uh... <laughs> 
He's the man. Uh, I actually, uh, I have a Boston Scott shirt because I love him so much. He's, yeah, uh, man. he's a great dude. But that was um, that was one of those that was one of those preseason cuts that every Saints fan just went nuts about. They were really? so upset that he got cut. Yeah, because <laughs> he he showed out during the playoffs, and I'm so glad he's in Philly and just getting yeah. opportunities there. Like in a system that knows how to use him, Darren Sproles. You know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like going back to whatever running back you want to go back to. Like it, it's a good system for him. I'm glad for him to be there. 100%. And you guys talked about um, the, the run defense for the Saints. And then, Ross, you touched on that Mills concept as well. That reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of, you know, Kevin Stefanski in Minnesota when he would run a lot of play action and go on the Milks concept. I know he torched us with us that last year um, when we lost to them 38-20. But that's also, like Sanjay was saying, like this team just is not established with the run. And that's the type of offense, like with the Vikings and Stefanski, you would like to go up against um, a team right. like this that that wants you, to, wants you to try to take shots deep um, right, and keep every. They want to kind of close up everything underneath and in the middle. We just don't have that type of offense, and we run the mesh concept a lot. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. Yeah, you'll yeah, see them. That. You'll see them going across the middle, high fiving each other. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's, uh, it's a very popular concept. They've been doing it since since 2017. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a uh, that that definitely worries me because obviously, well, Demario Davis is one of my personal favorite players. I mm-hmm. love I love just the guy he is. So I think he's an awesome dude. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, just having him, Alex Anzalone as well um, from, mm-hmm. I remember watching him a little bit. I believe he played at Florida, if I'm not Florida, mistaken. Florida, yeah. Um, yeah. I, just, I remember the hair, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to forget. Uh, of course, but... of course. Best hair in the NFL, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Facts. You'll see, uh, you'll see our guy Singleton at linebacker as well. He oh, doesn't, yeah. he, he has, he has a flow, not quite the Anzalone uh, flow, but <laughs> it's, time, uh, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, I mean, you, you touched on it too, Sanjay. That Saints D line. I mean, obviously, it is a deep with Jordan. You got Davenport. You've got Trey Hendrickson, who has played well this year. Um, Anya Meta, and then you've got guys like Sheldon Rankins, who I've heard good things about. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, Shy Tuttle, I've heard is a really good depth piece. Even guys like Carl Granderson, I've heard are really yeah. good depth pieces as well. Um, and Mal- Malcolm Brown too. The other Malcolm Brown, not the Saint, not the Rams one. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I mean that. That front seven is is probably going to give us a lot of fits. And Sanjay, it's funny you mentioned Goddard because I was researching a little bit last night, and I found that the Saints' defense has allowed the seventh fewest yards to tight ends this year. I've heard they've done a really good job uh, covering those guys up. So yeah, it, it's going to be a test for Goddard from what I've read up on this week. Um, and if if I could, I just I just have some some stats on the Saints' defense that I just found. Yeah, please. Phenomenal. Um, they they have not allowed a 100 yard rusher this year. From what I saw, yes, and they, it, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Um, they have uh, seven. They're seventh in turnovers with nineteen. They've allowed only two hundred and twenty-three first downs, which is third in the NFL. Um, in their last four games, discluding this is discluding the Broncos game, so I discluded that one. They are mm-hmm. allowing ten points per game and only about two hundred and sixty-seven yards per game, and they have ten turnovers. The average time per drive is seventh in the NFL. Um, they have a 39.2 percentage on third down, which is the top half of the league as well. Um, it's only 66 missed tackles. That I was very yeah. impressed with. That is not easy to do. In the NFL no. today, I feel like you see a lot of defenses struggling to bring guys down, especially the Eagles defense. Um, but it's uh, – yeah. And then the pass defense, you're, you're top ranked in, in just about everything. Um, QB rating, uh, yards per attempt, everything. I mean – this defense has just really started to heat up. I'm very impressed with them. 
I th yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough. Hertz is kind of, you know, being labeled as a one to two read guy coming out of Lincoln mm -hmm. Riley's system in Oklahoma. Right. And I honestly, I think Doug's probably going to go with a lot of RPOs early on and then screen passes and stuff like that. I think he's really going to yeah. try to get that going with the short game and then stuff like that. So it, it's going to be interesting if Doug can get that going. Um, I'm, I'm interested to hear because we've talked about the ground game a little bit too, but um, Jalen Hurts is obviously the focus of this matchup. How how does this obviously this defensive line has been great and the linebackers have been great. How do they kind of fare against mobile quarterbacks? Do you think Jalen Hurts yeah. will kind of have an impact being able to get outside of the pocket? What, what do you think that kind of will have an impact on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely have an impact. The, the thing for the Saints is that as of late, they've actually been pretty okay against mobile quarterbacks. They haven't really okay. played anybody to the level of Jalen Hurts' mobility yet so far this season. Maybe the closest, I mean, the closest would be Kendall Hinton, but they never gave him a chance. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, the, I guess probably the closest would probably be Aaron Rodgers, but that's on another level because of what his what he threatens to do otherwise as well. So I, I would definitely expect to say <laughs> that's 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 a smart opinion for a Giants fan, actually. <laughs> um, I would say that when it comes down to where the Saints rank amongst maybe the the other teams around the NFL uh, in defending against these mobile quarterbacks, I'd say they're probably middle of the pack. They're, it's it's not the they're not the best. They're not the worst by by any means. Um I think that the biggest thing is going to be their improvement on boot action. You're going to see a lot of what they did. I think they're going to take some of uh, some of the rules that they set for themselves against Denver because they were preparing to take on this wildcat offense and apply it to the way that the defensive line rotates and works against Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts. And and that would be wide nine, some seven tech play by these uh, defensive linemen lining up outside of where a tight end would be or or is and using that as a means of containing and then using some pressure from either Demario Davis, CJ Gardner Johnson or Malcolm Jenkins up the C gap to try to keep some of those off tackle runs from going anywhere and not giving up that big gap right in between the interior offensive linemen and and the edge defender. So it's going to be a lot of maybe five man, you know, five man pass rushes, the, the additional blitz body things like that you'll see a lot of that on third down on passing downs as well dennis allen loves loves like nobody's business blitzing a safety on third down on an obvious yeah. passing down so look for that uh so i think that they'll do okay what i noticed is that when i looked at the i mean again it's a it's a small sample size what we saw against the packers but the five runs the two biggest runs that that jalen hurts had were against cover one which i think is important because when you when you're a quarterback and you scramble and you get past the line of scrimmage against man coverage everybody downfield has their back turned to you right yeah so that's where he ripped off a 10 yard run a 13 yard run and there was a two yard run that zadaria smith is just too damn fast and what are you gonna do but <laughs> uh but the saints do play a lot of cover one so they will get caught with their eyes on the receivers and with their backs turned downfield that's why having a spy like Quan alexander or one of these safeties is going to be really important even if the eagles come out again in, in 12 personnel with both of those line, uh, tight ends out on the field the saints are going to stay in nickel they're going to stay in nickel they're going to stay in dime they'll go into base every now and then i believe i believe that they've now taken maybe just now gone over 40 total base snaps on the season, maybe 50, but wow. they don't play base a lot. They've never played it, but once so far this season, more than nine snaps and the nine snap game came just last week. And so they feel very comfortable. Their average weight amongst the nickel defense is around 241 pounds, but they still get it done in the run game, which is really impressive. So I, I think you'll still see a lot of that. And a big part of that in terms of how they're going to manage 
additional personnel, heavier personnel, still having speed and athleticism on the field is going to help them with the mobile quarterback. Or yeah, should help them, should help them with a mobile quarterback. Let me say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, any, any given Sunday, you know, but yeah, um, it, it, it kind of goes along with what you're saying about how physical these Saints corners like to be. Because obviously, you know, with this, I actually, it's funny because I've been telling people this, but I talked to um, a Saints fan a couple, or Seahawks fan a couple weeks ago when we mm-hmm. talked about the Eagles Seahawks matchup. And he's like, yeah, the Seahawks, you know, Pete Carroll's philosophy, they're going to keep everything underneath. That's just the way it's been for a while. Um, you're not, you're going to see a lot of off coverage. So that might be something that you can attack with Jalen Rager and other guys. Well, we, we saw press coverage just about every snap against them because, because it's no secret about our receivers that right. if you press them at the line, their timing gets thrown off instantly because they do not know how to avoid press coverage. They don't know how to, you know, they don't know the techniques to swipe hands away, to dip your shoulder, anything like that. Um, right. and it, it's, it's frustrating too, cause you see just about every week, but at the same time, Doug, Doug Peterson doesn't really call any bunch formations. He doesn't call any tight formations, anything to any stack formations to possibly create some traffic with, you know, maybe pick routes and stuff like that, just to create some confusion for the defense. He doesn't really do that. So going along with that, um, like you said, with those defensive backs having their, their backs turned downfield, Doug is it's oftentimes three verticals and then like a crossing route or something like that. It's, it's, it's been pretty much four birds the whole year. Um, So um, yeah, if Jalen Hurts can get outside the pocket, um, you know, he might have some room to run there. I'm interested to see if, if the Saints will put us how much they will put a spy on him, too, because like you said, they like to do those five man blitzes as well um, or, you know, go cover one, cover zero with along with that sometimes. Right. So I'm really interested to see how how that will um, affect this matchup. And actually, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that they they go nickel a lot because I was I was reading up and I, I did read that. Um, you know, I because I, I remember we wanted Zach Bond in the second round. That's who we wanted mm-hmm. at the Jalen Hurts yeah, pick. Yeah, he was a big time and, Eagles target. Yeah, and we were getting, you know, we were getting excited. We were like, you know, probably gonna get Zach Bond. Um, we were, you know, obviously I was a little upset we didn't get Antoine Winfield or something else. Actually, the guy we really wanted was Jeremy Chin too. But um, oh yeah, everybody wanted Jeremy Chin though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's uh, it's funny. We interviewed one of his uh, his teammates who is now on the Giants. Um, for, Right before the draft process, Madre Harper. Madre um, Harper, yeah, man. Yeah. He's a good cool. dude. I love that dude. Yeah. Cool, uh, cool guy. Um, unfortunately he ended up injuring Deshaun Jackson. So that was <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> not uh not a great look you're for like, us. You're but... not coming back on the show, Madre. It's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> I almost uh I almost sent him a little text after that game. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but um going just going back to Zach Bond too, it's because I was interested to see how much he played. And I saw you guys did a lot of two linebacker sets um, and was mm-hmm. more nickel and dime, like you said. So, yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting. I mean, Sanjay, I just want to ask you too, because, um, I mean, obviously, just with our Eagles running back, we're, like you said, don't run the ball that much. But do you kind of see maybe with Jalen Hurts being in, maybe we, you know, Doug has said this week that he's going to change the offense up. He said that every week, but this week it is a new quarterback. <laughs> he might want to... He might want to try to get him more comfortable. Do you see them giving Miles more chances to kind of, like you said, to break off that big one? Because even when he gets gets stopped, there's still that that chance of a 70, 80-yard run every game. So for me, I think we thought he's had to several times before. But to me, I think more than anything, he's just going to try once again to just fake it. So that way it gives Hurts some more lanes to throw into or maybe some more to take off in. I think one thing I'm interested to see him do is the possibility of designed runs for Hertz. I think he needs to have a few of those mm-hmm. in the play calling this week mm-hmm. just because 
Otherwise, you're very you're very limited with Hurts now in this week of play calling. Because no offense to him, but without a preseason, he hasn't gotten too many reps with the starting offense. He hasn't been in this system long, so it's not like he can just do it all off instinct. And he doesn't have much repertoire with a lot of the starters. So my point being, he's got to simplify things a lot. And that means, to me, designed runs. It means this. we've harped on the screen game a lot on this podcast. I've heard it a lot on other stations for the Eagles, too. But you got to get some semblance of a screen game going because you don't want to start off with Hurts trying to make pinpoint throws against the Saints defense. You want to start with easy five, four-yard completions, which maybe you get some yards after the catch, make a couple first downs, and see what you can do from there. Like, to me, it's those small plays. Exactly. You want to get him settled in, get him a little bit of rhythm. And this is one thing I'm very worried about because one of our buddies on this podcast, shout out Ian, mentioned this. And you agreed with him, Hunter, and I've been hearing it more and more in the media as this game gets closer. Hertz is a very first read. If first read isn't there, just take off type of guy. Like he makes that first read. If it's not there, he's gone pretty much. And that seems to be a very popularized piece of knowledge about him. And when especially you see a defense like the Saints, I can only imagine the field day Malcolm Jenkins is going to have with that. Like this, I'm very curious to see how Doug fits this offense around Hertz. And I think I'm also curious to see how Hurts performs because if that is really all he is right now, which is just make the first read and take off, that's not going to turn into any wins. And also, I was going to bring this up. A little, I'm going to transition a little bit here, Hunter, off, off yeah. free. But, Ross, I wanted to bring this up to you because I'm curious about this as mm-hmm. obviously hearing a lot of things about Taysom Hill from the outside. Yep. What do you think about him? Okay, there we go. I promise I didn't know that. But <laughs> I promise I didn't know that. But I also Taysom I had these Hill. ones too, but we kind of already <laughs> went over them. So I, I didn't even think to bring them up. The transitions have just been flawless this episode. Hey, we're killing it. Killing it. Hey. <laughs> My point being, like hearing a few years ago, obviously, Sean Payton commits. He's like, Taysom Hill is going to be the quarterback going forward. He's the guy we have lined up after Drew Brees. Then you see he comes in and he gets wins the way he's been doing these past few weeks. And he's been making some reads. Like he's been making a few reads, making a few throws. Mm-hmm. As a Saints fan, having like analyzed their team obviously a lot more than I ever have. What do you think of him? Is he going to be, obviously for this game, he's going to be it for you. But what do you think of him moving forward for your team? Do you think he really is the answer at quarterback after Breeze retires? Like I'm genuinely curious about yeah. this. I was going to bring this up at the end of the pod, but. Might as well no, not. No, no, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, I, look, my my look at Taysom Hill is that it's still that's still a massively incomplete evaluation. Him as a thrower, we have eighty one passes to to evaluate at this time, and two passing touchdowns. You know what I mean? One of them was against man, and the other was against zone. So at least there's some variety. But you know <laughs> what I mean? It, it's still it's still something that you have to that that you kind of have to be patient with. So I'm sort of taking it not even game by game, but I'm excited to get this fourth game of Taysom to sort of figure out, okay, here's what this is going to look like. I I have been a proponent of the idea of like, Give Drew Brees all the time that he needs. He's got 11 damn rib fractures and, you know, just a little old collapsed lung. Give him as much time as he needs to be ready for a playoff run and let us see Taysom against Philly. Let us see Taysom against Kansas City where he's certainly going to face adversity. Let us see him against Philly where it's an unfamiliar 
opponent that is in an unfamiliar environment in a place that he hasn't played, like, like, you know, hasn't been a starting quarterback. Like let's get him into those situations and then get an actual evaluation of him following all of that. So my biggest outlook on Taysom Hill is to continue to be patient because he's entrenched himself in the conversation as heir apparent, right? Do I think that the, that the decision is made? No, I, I don't think it can be at this point based on what we've seen on the field. Now we have to remember that the coaching staff has seen way more of him than the general public has. Cause they've seen him in practice every week. They've seen him for training camps in the last three years. Like they've seen all of that. They've seen more of those looks, but for me right now, Taysom Hill has a lot to prove in terms the, in terms of his potential improvement, which we haven't seen yet. Some of the things that he's struggling with right now, he struggled with in the preseason two years ago. Some of the things that he's struggling with right now, he has been struggling with over these last three games. So we need to see that gradual improvement, some steps taking forward, which there have been some, there have not been any i will say that there haven't been anything there hasn't been anything so far that we've seen that has made me go oh god he's getting worse with the exception of ball security which i think is huge in this game i mentioned that the saints lose this game if they lose in the trenches on the offensive side if that front four gets after Taysom hill keeps him uncomfortable and brings him down and is able to get after the ball and create some additional possessions for their offense that's how the saints lose this game okay but you do have famous Jameis in the wings so Yes. That's always there if need be. A hundred percent. And there's and there's even more options in the offseason. I'm also still a proponent of the idea of like trade for Matt Stafford. Get get yourself oh, a Drew Brees. Matt get Stafford. yourself a Drew Brees part two immediately if you can. You know what I mean? But with a bigger arm. You know Matt what I Stafford mean? Stafford is filthy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of options for the Saints. Do I think that they can, that they'll trade for Matthew Stafford? I don't know. Do I think Sean Payton would be the type to do it? A hundred percent. Yes. Like that's absolutely something that he would try to do, but you know, there's still other options out there is my point. Like, and if nothing else you're learning right now that Sean Payton, the innovator and offensive genius that he is and has proven to be over his career is not limited to pocket passing. He can support a mobile quarterback in any one of these drafts coming up as well. Yeah, 100%. Right. That was and, yeah, and uh, just going along with Taysom Hill, I, I thought I'd mention uh, a little fun stat I have for you guys. Taysom yeah. Hill has more career receiving yards than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who was our second-round pick uh, last year. So um, I thought I, I was would, uh... so high on him, man. <laughs> I was so high on him coming in. Oh. Uh, it, uh, it, I'm speechless. I don't even know. I, we, we, we've... I feel bad. We've trashed JJ, JJ so much. I even did. I, I don't feel bad. Nice, just to be nice <laughs> to the guy. I even did. I did a film breakdown on his red zone snaps. I mean, he is open half the time, but the, the quarterback just never. I mean, once never looks his way because he's probably just lost trust at this point. It, right. Right. Trust is such a huge. Part <laughs> no of it. trust. Trust is such a huge part of it. I will say. I will say too. Like since we're talking about the Taysom Hill offense, mm-hmm. um, that it's it's not a bad place for Doug Peterson to look in terms of how to prep a game plan for Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I think that there are certain things that Taysom Hill just as like a downhill runner can do that Jalen Hurts can't do. But Jalen Hurts is extremely athletic. He's mobile, but he also, in the same vein, he wants to stand in the pocket and throw the ball. He doesn't want to get off his base. He wants to take his three, he wants to take his drop, three steps, five steps, seven steps, hitch, throw the ball. That's what he wants to do, just like that's what Taysom Hill wants to do. But they have the added value of being able to add a little bit in the scramble game, right? And being able to do that. Now, veteran receivers for the Saints, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, these guys that they have that are a little bit more accustomed to how to react to a quarterback in a scramble drill. Maybe that's where Alshon Jeffrey gets a little bit of a boosted value with having Jalen Hurts under center. 
uh, because he should be catching the ball. He should be targeted. And so I think that that's a big part of it too. But I mean, you look at what Jalen Hurts did against in this game in the 15 throws that he threw against Green Bay. I'll I'll qualify again, small sample size, but out of those 15 throws, only one of them he completed when he was forced off of his base, when he was forced out of his hitch and he had to scramble somewhere. So he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be able to throw from the pocket. Of course, that one touchdown that he threw off base was the big touchdown. I mean, sorry, the big pass was the, was the touchdown on that busted cover four. I think that was supposed to be, I don't know what that DB was doing at the bottom of the yeah. screen, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Jair, Jair, Jair Alexander too. He would not Phenomenal corner. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. I don't, corner. It's, I don't know it's why fourth he and 18 up. dude. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, but you know, it is what it is, but, I think that that's a that that's the thing is like you know you look at what the Saints have done the Saints over I have this number sorry I'm I'm old school so I write all my notes um, love it oh gosh I have so many things uh, over the last one two three four five games now thirty seven runs thirty runs thirty six runs forty four runs thirty three runs last week against the Falcons mm-hmm. you and and when you look at with Taysom Hill. 14 runs the last game, 10 runs the first two games. Six were designed the first game that he played against uh, uh, against Denver. Uh, eight of those were designed. So you, you see a lot of that. And I think that the run game and a focus on the run game, how it can support a mobile quarterback, there's a good template. There's a good blueprint in what the Saints have done with Taysom Hill that Doug Peterson could put. Doug Peterson and Sean Payton are close. Like he can steal from Sean Payton. Like <laughs> he'll do that. <laughs> he'll do that to be petty with him, right? Uh, remember the golf the golf bet just a few years ago where they got to wear the midnight <laughs> greens in the Superdome? Like, that's what they do. So he'll be petty. He should do it. And he should take a little bit from what the Saints have done with Taysom Hill in order to support Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Doug, man. And, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's the, most loaded, say- the most loaded two words that have been said on this on this episode have been right, <laughs> right there. We're not doing this right now. Hunter, put the next thing up. Say something else. <laughs> well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say too, because you see, you see the, the Ravens on Tuesday night with that little like midline option type thing, but they have yeah. the two pull, two pulling guards. I'm like, I'm thinking like, we're gonna, we have there has to be that at least like a couple times in this upcoming game. That's kind of what makes yeah. this this Hurts and Hill matchup so exciting. But also, you touched on, you know, how Hill is more athletic than Hurts. That's what when 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 he was drafted. That's one of the things we were so upset about too, is because. He, everyone was like, well, he was drafted to be a Taysom Hill guy. And we're like, well, he doesn't run a 4-4 like Taysom Hill. Right. He's he's not, you know, you know, Jay, I mean, Jalen Hurts, obviously they're all in great shape, but, you know, Taysom Hill is kind of a jack yeah, dude. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but uh, I mean, that, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Sanjay, I can, uh, I can make your wish come true and, and get the next thing up since I, you know, Doug, man. But, yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to talk. You mentioned Camara, and we also talked a little about Murray in the injury report. Um, Mike Michael Burton. Um, Thank I, you I was so researching. Much. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm Ross, so happy Ross, right you, now. You got the special teamers and the fullbacks, the underappreciated players. My God! It's such a big God. part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you've got obviously a premier O line, and you've got Michael Burton, this fullback who is ranked. I think on PFF, he's ranked like the fourth uh, best fullback in football right now. Um, and, How many you know, fullbacks are a- there in football right now? Out of curiosity, <laughs> four. No, <laughs> like, I no think offense, um, but that's a dying think, position if there is one. Yeah, I think there's like twelve or thirteen. So he is like the top third um, in the league okay. in, oh, okay. in fullbacks. So, um, but yeah, I've heard he's done a good job leading the way. I want to yeah. get your thoughts on it, and then Sanjay, I want to get your thoughts on 
the Eagles' run defense as well, because obviously the linebacker play has been kind of iffy, more so in pass coverage, but still in run runs uh, run defense as well. Sure. Um, look, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what Michael Burton does and the way that Sean Payton uses fullbacks, because Sean Payton has been using fullbacks, whether it's Michael Burton, John Kuhn, Ricky Ortiz, uh, oh Zach Lyon last year. John, like these John guys, Kuhn, John Kuhn oh and man, Zach Lyon are two Kuhn. of my favorites. Man, insane. And and they've been using the way that he uses these fullbacks is it, it's so incredibly multiple that it, it just you can use a fullback in the Saints offense to diagnose coverages, to diagnose a blitzer and to be your lead blocker, to be your passing, you know, to be your guy. Hell, they ran a fullback option with them last week, last <laughs> year against the Chicago Bears, where they handed the ball to Taysom Hill and a taste of or, or to, to the fullback. And then Zach Lyon pitched it to his Hill like. They they'll do this the 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 way that they utilize fullbacks I absolutely love and I'm so I'm so grateful that the fullback is still alive and well in some of these offenses and when it comes down to every team should have a fullback thank you I love this show um, <laughs> the thing about <laughs> the the thing about Michael Burton too to take a look at is that every now and then what they'll do is that they'll line him up in the backfield and they'll motion him out wide and what they're doing is that they're lightening the box right if it's man coverage then that takes a that takes a fullback out of the box where they have to they have to excuse me a linebacker out of the box which lightens the load which eagles linebackers a very different prototype than the usual like new orleans saints linebacker new orleans saints like they're 6'3 240 plus type guys 250 plus type guys they want their downhill thumpers that have range and speed philly wants more safeties on the field like it's it's a very specific type of fit that i think you know it was one of the reasons why like the signing of joe bocce off the saints practice squad who's like a traditional hard-nosed tackling sam linebacker downhill guy i was like yeah this is the game that you do sign that type of linebacker to get ready Mm -hmm. for the saints uh the saints offensive rushing attack so you'll see that with michael burton the opposite thing and this is something to watch for everybody that's listening or everybody that's watching is that they'll line up michael burton out wide i'm looking over here you can't see where i'm looking but they'll line up (laughs) michael burton out wide and then they'll pull him in motion and then he'll become the lead blocker they'll snap it once he crosses the plat the plane he'll become the lead blocker for the quarterback power and then it's that sort of kevin stefanski two guard pull game but it's the fullback and the left guard or the fullback and the right guard, depending upon which way Michael Burton is running uh, to where they'll pull him. Now they added some wrinkles last time to where he would come in and then he would double his motion back and then they would run the pull to that side. So either way, but that's a really good signifier. And that's a tendency that the saints have been building so far throughout this season. There's an opportunity to break that tendency in this game to where they have that motion and then they either snap it and run that way, or they double back the motion, run the opposite way, or they do one or the other but then throw the ball. That's a big time tendency breaker to keep an eye out on because that's what Sean Payton likes to do. He sets up tendencies in week one that he can exploit in week 13 and then three weeks ahead and and all of these other things too. So he likes to put that kind of stuff on tape. So I would watch out for that. When it comes down to what this offensive line so far has been able to do and along with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray leading the way with uh, Michael Burton for them is that they have gotten really athletic at the at the offensive line along the offensive line um you know they have some of the i think combined 40 yard dashes are the second fastest collection of offensive linemen in the nfl right now and so that's what they want to do and they like to run the zone they love being able to just man up hard nose you beat that guy with Latavius Murray, but with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, they also like doing their, you know, their read step, their zone blocking schemes, trying to open up multiple lanes for the backs to pick from. And that's where they've been successful is that oftentimes if you watch the, you know, you look at some of the biggest runs, the back has had options. 
in terms of which hole to hit. Do they want to bounce? Do they want to? Do they want to come back through? Like whatever you know, they want to cut. They they have options, and I think that that's a big part of what they've been able to do so far is be able to continue to open up multiple options and provide multiple lanes for these running backs who have incredible processing speed and incredible vision so that they can hit whichever hole they're most comfortable with. Um, the other part of it is that they're a part of the game plan. Like there's this great clip that's floating around right now of Alvin Kamara and Sean Payton talking, going into the tunnel at halftime and Sean Payton asking him, what did you, what have you seen so far? What do you, what do you, what do you want to do? And the, and what Alvin Kamara saw was on a keeper for, Taysom Hill at an earlier point, uh, a 15 week F they ended up having this, this open spot over on the, the offensive left side that if Alvin Kamara had kept the ball, that would have been a touchdown for him. The next time they got into the red zone, Alvin Kamara said, coach, let's call that play, but hand it off as opposed to a keeper. That was Alvin Kamara's touchdown run in the game. So like that type of intricate understanding and collaboration amongst the team opens up a different uh, additional options for them that type of trust is there from one to 53 all the way down the roster and that makes a huge difference i got you great to hear all that love the in-depth analysis like that because again i bring this up whenever we have guests on for these previews as mm -hmm. outside looking in fans you can only learn so much about a team like looking from the outside it's when you get to like right. talk to fans who have followed a team for years who know their coaches' tendencies, who know their players, like those right. cool stories you share. That's when you get like a real look into a team. So we appreciate that from you, Ross. Oh, of course, and man. Yeah. Get into how our run defense is going to do this. I'll say this. Our run defense is something that should be respected, I think, a bit more than it is this year. They've done sure. a decent job of it. I don't think they've done a great job. Yeah. But I think part of that has been due to mostly, again, young guys, like we've been mentioning this whole time, getting their feet under them. My boy, who Hunter knows I've been repping for weeks now since the man got in there and like rocked somebody, is Alex Singleton. He's been doing yeah. great this year for us. Not so much again in the pass coverage, as Hunter also mentioned, but that's something you can get your <laughs> that's something you can get with experience. Pass coverage is a lot of right, recognizing yeah. things pre-snap. It's knowing who's got who, and that's just something you get with experience. What I love about him though is obviously the high motor, the way he shoots gaps. He gets mm -hmm. where the he just has an instinct for where the ball is. Like you see that sometimes in a player where maybe they're not completely reading something before a snap or reacting. They're just moving on instinct and they somehow seem to get there. And I'll yeah. say what's that's great on some plays where he can tackle for a loss. It can also be very bad if he shoots the gap too early or bites on a fake and just leaves a wide open gaping hole. And then it's not like this year. This year our less defensive great. line less very less great. <laughs> this year, our defensive line has become slightly overrated in the fact that we have a lot of names, but those names haven't been producing as much this year. It still had a good net production because you see guys like Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham having like great years for us. But dudes like Malik Jackson really not doing anything. No offense to Fletcher Cox. I know he's been struggling with some nagging injuries here and there, but like... He hasn't really put up his usual production for us. Javon Hargrave, something a lot of Eagles fans I know, including myself, are not very happy about. Just not, not worth the deal we signed him to. Mm -hmm. Production, he doesn't seem to really fit into Jim Schwartz's scheme. His production just really isn't there. He's a big, he's a big miss for us, it looks like, from this last year. Maybe he'll go on to do good things with us, but it doesn't look good based off this year for him. So my point being, your run game really does, like you mentioned, with that O-line of yours, you have a chance to really just 
time of possession, just chew us out, limit our possessions, and that's pretty much how I think this game is just going to go. Because Sean Payton is, again, one of those coaches who once he gets his run game in the ground, he'll keep doing it until you show you can stop it. Yes, and to be honest, absolutely. I don't think we'll stop it many times. I think you're just going to time possession, chew the clock out. And like you mentioned, having those blocking concepts where you just leave defensive players wondering what the heck is going on. <laughs> like, especially for young linebackers, that's going to be a nightmare. I can already see. Yeah. I can already see the like frames, the like replays of Alex. Or now if TJ Edwards doesn't play, that's going to be another thing. Who gets in there now? No offense to Duke Riley. Pretty athletic guy. He's had some better plays recently. But he is not known for diagnosing anything pre-snap. LSU yeah. guy. Right. I know. I want to pound the table for him. I want to support him, but it's so hard. He makes it so hard. <laughs> he makes it hard. Um, I will also say, though, that like the, the signing of Joe Bocci, if he's available to play on Sunday, how depending on how – he's super smart guy, so he might be mm. able to pick up enough of the playbook, but he's somebody that I'm going to say should be. It would be his first NFL action, so we have to remember that. But it should be um, a, a pretty good benefit toward the run game. I got you. My point being yeah. – not just again doesn't look good it's not like anything else in this game has looked good for us but once again you just see overall overall on paper this is just supposed to be a win for you on this run game like on paper your offensive line is better than our defensive line your running backs are better than our linebackers like you just look at the matchups in this run game and it pretty much goes to you on every level so yeah that's my breakdown for it that was that was my huge takeaway on on today's episode over at Locked On Saints was let Kamara cook. I don't care if they have to put Trevor Simeon in to throw him the damn ball, throw him the damn ball, and <laughs> and get the ball in his hands as much as he can. Because whatever the the thing is between he and Taysom, to where Taysom doesn't throw it to him, it's just oil and water stylistic wise. It's not a personal like vendetta or anything like that. But like they need to get the ball to Alvin Kamara. So if that means telling Drew Brees, hey, get your get your broke butt on the field for like three plays just to throw the damn ball to Alvin Kamara, then do it because he 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 needs to get the ball in the passing game as well as in the run game, which is all a part of what they do, right? They extend the run mm-hmm. game through the short passing game. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> Trevor Simeon, what a name. Forgot about uh, <laughs> his days in uh, his days in Denver and Northwestern, I think it was back then. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Joe Bocci. I saw a funny tweet from a, a guy from Bleeding Green Nation, the Eagles SB Nation site. And mm-hmm. um, I Great. think it was from him. He uh it was uh, it was like a report on Joe Bocci signing with the Eagles, and um, it was like, "quote um, So, Joe, how did uh, how did Sean Payton switch an entire offense for Taysom Hill?" Um, end quote or something like that. It's just to you know get a little bit of uh, extra intel right. from Joe Bocci. So, well, yeah, I think it will be interesting to see if uh, if that does if he does play because I mean, we're, Davion Taylor was our third round pick. He's really only been used on special teams, but in a matchup like this, you would expect him to maybe get more playing time. He's on injury reserve yeah. now. Um, right. And then Sean Bradley is our another back, another back we have. He will probably get more playing time too. But um, yeah, because I think we play a lot of base and a lot of that wide nine, as you were mentioning. And going along with what Sanjay mm-hmm. said, Javon Hargrave too, going from being a nose tackle in a two gap scheme um, with the Steelers, and then coming here where he's just kind of like it's just like you just got to go rush the passer, shoot the gap, um, and and get upfield quickly, right? Um, so yeah. That's definitely been an adjustment for him. Like Sanjay said, I think down the road he could do some stuff for us, but he's been a big disappointment. And, um, yeah, other than that, I think Sanjay covered it pretty well. So I think we should move on to one of the big headlines is, is going to be Michael Thomas versus Darius Slay. I mean, yeah, um, this is th- this stretch that we're in right now is what we were keying in on with Darius Slay coming into the year is 
Um, he started with DK a couple weeks ago. Last week he had Devontae. This week he has Michael Thomas. And then next week he finishes up the four-game stretch with DeAndre Hopkins. So this has been a big – Jesus Christ, man. I mean, this has been a big stretch for, for Slay. It, I mean, he's going up, obviously, against some of the, the top guys in the game right now. Um, so, yeah, I'm interested to hear – uh, Sanjay, I want you to go first on this one. Just talk about what you're expecting from Slay this game based on what we've seen the past weeks. Whether you think he can rebound or not. Um, and, and also, Ross, with you too, just that as well, but also kind of Michael Thomas this season. Um, obviously, we know there's been a lot that has transpired over time with that and uh, some stuff in practice that we uh, we know about too. I, I don't know but, what you're talking about. <laughs> no, but, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Sanjay, why don't you why don't you go first and just give us what you think about Slay for this week, man? I got you. Well, first off, love Slay, man. You know I love being my cornerbacks. He's been so great for us on holding down a side. But there's always so much you can do, and there's this thing I always harp on whenever I talk about corners, which you just have to acknowledge. Occasionally, you'll get it to a point where a corner will shut down a wide receiver. That happens from time to time, and great, that's awesome. But ninety percent of the time. Whenever you are playing this game, the wide receiver always has the advantage on the cornerback. Like that's just, it's a, it's a fact of this game. And if you play that position ever, you know, it's true. You're reacting to what another person does, no matter how good your scheme is, you're running backwards. They're running at you. They know what they're doing beforehand. You're reacting to them. So my point being only expect so much from this matchup. Occasionally, yes, you'll get it where a corner will get, go on some crazy streak, and they'll shut down a guy real well. But I don't think this is that one. Thomas is a technician in the way that he runs his routes, in the way that he gets off the line. He makes sure to get clear of his defenders. That way he can also pick up yards after the catch. Not like a burner, but, you know, he's got some speed right. on him. He yeah. can get he can If you give him a gap, he'll go for it. And no offense to Slay, but like we've been talking about that nagging knee injury. And to begin with, he's just not – we talked about – we already said a little bit, Javon Hargrave having to, like, fit into a new system. Hunter has been harping on this for a while now, man. Slay is a press man corner. He is a press man corner. That's what he does. He gets in your face. He takes the guy one-on-one. -on -one. That's not Jim Schwartz's system. That's just not what the role he ever really has him play it in. And you see it. You just see it in the way Slay sometimes playing coverage. He rarely ever makes those huge mistakes – like, there sure. was one catch DK had against him, I think, two weeks ago, but that was really more a perfectly thrown ball by Will Wilson than anything else. I think Hunter remembers the one I'm talking about. It was literally Slay played DK so well, there was just no way he could get to that ball. Yeah. But he just doesn't seem to have it in this system. I really do think Schwartz needs to change that up a bit and let Slay play to his strengths because he hasn't seemed to let him do that yet. He's trying to get him to fit into more of a, like, off-coverage type style. And that's just not how Slay is used to playing. That's not what made him like the ace corner that he was in Detroit. And I'm really hoping they just let him go press man in on Thomas. Because like I mentioned again, off the line with the way Thomas runs his routes, the way he gets separation, if you're just going to play off coverage on Thomas, that is not the solution. That is just not the solution at all. So I really hope, I'm praying to God that Jim Schwartz will just let him press at the line. And then just let yeah. him, if you want to run your scheme on the other side or whatever, but just let Slay follow Thomas around. Just let him press man him. 
Because otherwise, if you play off coverage on Thomas, I think that's game. That's it right there. I don't see those quick slants he makes where he just catches the ball and puts an extra five, six yards on you. Those are killers. And if you let that happen over and over, it's done. Yeah. That's a huge part of the Saints' time of possession game. And I think you're absolutely right that, you know, look, let the guy either win or get beat. Don't, don't, don't beat him before he gets an opportunity to play. And that's what you would be doing to Darius Slay by having him play off and give cushion. Um, I, I, look, when you look at Michael Thomas, this year's version of Michael Thomas is not the same Michael Thomas that we saw catch 149 passes last year, at least not at this point. Like, you know, to go through the timeline of things that were going on with him, he got his ankle rolled over at the end of week one when he shouldn't have even been on the field anyway because the game was already solidified. Then you end up getting to a point to where he works, he starts to work his way back, and then he just punches CJ Gardner at Johnson in the face because that's what <laughs> CJ does to people. He forces this, that's like CJ's been punched Correct in the face. Me if at I'm least wrong, three didn't times CJ get punched again? by somebody in the Broncos Devon, game? It was the Bears Two more game, times. Right? Or, Two more really? times. The Bears game. The Bears game. Oh. And then if you go back and you watch the film on the Hail Mary against the Falcons in this last game, Calvin Ridley didn't even try to make a play on the ball. He just put a people's elbow right up on CJ Garner Johnson's face. So it's like, that's just what CJ does. He gets in everybody's head. So watch <laughs> out Greg Ward because he's coming for you or, or whoever it might end up being. But, you know, oh. whoever's got a short temper on and the skill positions for Philadelphia, don't let him get near CJ. Um, but, you know, like then the, the, the punch happens and then he gets suspended for a game. Not suspended, but disciplinarily sat. They didn't want to mess with his money, so they didn't suspend him. Like there's too much mutual respect between the player and the organization. They're not going to do that to him. So they sat him for that game. Then all of a sudden he gets a hamstring injury in practice. And then that extends his absence even further because he's dealing with this compound sort of hamstring and ankle injury so he's come back now the two games against the falcons nine catches 104 yards nine catches 105 yards still no touchdown on the season uh he had a pretty light day in denver but so did everyone that was wearing a black and gold uniform that day um so look uh, i think that you know the this is still a version of michael thomas that's getting better throughout the season and i think that that's something that is, is worth keeping in perspective they're changing a lot of what they do with Michael Thomas with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Not super drastically, but there's a big difference between the routes that he runs with Drew Brees versus the routes that he runs with uh, with Taysom Hill. And mm-hmm. he's always going to run those routes, but now that he's receiving targets on those routes, it just stands out a little bit more. His breaks have gone from being nine yards downfield to being 10 to 15 yards, or excuse me, be 12 to 15 yards downfield, things like that. It's why now he can run a comeback and gain 20 yards because his break is, you know, 18 yards downfield, 16 yards downfield, things like that. So the the breaks are a little bit later in the routes. He's getting a little bit more depth before those breaks, a little bit more depth of target when he's being targeted, things like that. But he's still absolutely like he can he can control everything he wants to underneath and catch those five yard slants and turn them, like you said, Sanjay, to uh, you know, 10, 11 yard gains, things like that. The other thing to watch for him, and this is becoming an issue with Taysom Hill, and this is where I think Darius Slay plays a really, really big role if he's healthy enough to, to work himself into position during the during these routes, is that the Saints, too, love to run a lot of mesh concept, but they do it with deeper depth down the field. So instead of two mm-hmm. drag routes, they'll do it with a pair of over routes. This was the touchdown that Taysom Hill threw against man coverage to Traquan Smith last week. He was wide open in the end zone. One of the things that they like to do with that is that they'll take those two over routes and then run them across one another beyond the, the first down marker. Taysom's issue on those over routes is that he doesn't put any 
arc in his throws. He's not targeting a spot on the field because he should be not. Let me not say he should be. One of his options is to put enough arc on the, the on the ball to get it past a trailing secondary member, whoever it might be, a defensive back, and get it to where it's between the uh, receiver and the sideline. Instead, he wants to gun it in there at an angle and and really fire it in. Now, the Falcons had a couple of those passes come their way, but the defensive backs aren't as talented as Adarius Slay. They're not veterans like Adarius Slay is. Uh, like, like They aren't veterans like Adarius Slay is. Uh, Darius Slay should be able to undercut a, a throw like that and pick that off and have green grass in front of him. So that's going to be a huge thing for... This is why it's such an important test for Taysom to have Darius Slay actually out on the field is that it's another evaluation tool of like, are you just doing that because you know you're facing lesser talent or is that the way that you choose to throw that pass? Because if that's where you're choosing to throw that pass, there's a lot to be improved upon. So that's what I would watch out for is those sort of over routes, those crossing routes over, over the field, the depth of target, the angle of target, and the trajectory from Taysom Hill and how Darius Slay can make some plays there. Hmm. Does, uh, does Gardner Johnson play on special teams by chance? He does. <laughs> okay, because uh, our, our punter Cameron Johnson definitely has a little swag to him. I actually remember the last time we played you guys in the regular season a couple years ago, right. there's a pic picture of him – we were down by a ton, but there's a picture of him standing over one of your guys after he made a tackle. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I forget about the fact that the Eagles have the spiciest punter in the NFL. I, mean, uh, <laughs> I, I forget Johnson about is that. no that's joke, right. man. <laughs> he is uh, – you know, he's he's no Pat McAfee, but he, he's no Joe either. So. <laughs> oh, no. Who is? Who is, man? P-Mac is a league in his own. <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. And, and speaking of special teams, again, um, one of the last things I want to touch on before we give our score prediction is this all-purpose machine, Deontay Harris. I mean, yeah, man. this is, uh, you know, this is a guy who I heard had a phenomenal training camp and who is obviously he's a real speed threat, you know, one of those smaller guys. And look, the Eagles, the Eagles tend to struggle with these all-purpose guys who can you can do it all, who can make a play on you know a punt return, on a kick return, who can you know get a screen pass, they can do make play different roles in offense, kind of like a gadget player type thing. Week five against the Steelers, we play against we play against them. They have Ray Ray, Ray McLeod from I believe he went to Clemson, um, and mm -hmm. you know used they used an end around with him and got like eighty yards. He was good on kick returns. So guys like that have been tough for the Eagles to contain. So I just want to. I just want to get your input on him and kind of the impact he can make just you know, obviously being a return man and an offensive weapon. Yeah, I mean, the Saints really believe in the hidden yardage game a lot. Um, mm. You know, you look at some of the bigger wins that they've had so far this season and you can see the starting field position was such a huge benefit for them to where they were starting at, you know, their own 44 while the opponent was starting within their own 25 or worse. Uh, so uh, that that part of the game is a huge focus for the Saints team. And that's one of the reasons why the offensive line struggling in Philadelphia is big because all of a sudden those punts are coming from being snapped from the 25 yard line, as opposed to from the 50 yard line that inherently gains you a little bit more green grass to work with in terms of what you have at your back as a returner. So that's a, that's a huge part of this. And Deontay Harris is a humongous part of that as well. Just in terms of his ability as a returner, both in kick and punt returns. And then behind Deontay Harris, if he can't go, he was injured last week, wasn't able to go. Marquez Calloway, the undrafted free agent out of Tennessee. He's also been very good, particularly in punt return. It was a game where he averaged about 12 yards per return, which is actually better than Deontay Harris. 
in any of his games with the exception of the big return that he had earlier on in the season. So I, I think that that's such a big, big, big focus for this team. They really want to win at all three levels, right? They want to win with all three uh, elements and in course in this game, offense, defense, and special teams. And he's big with that. And then you get him involved in the passing game. He's one of those speed guys that Taysom Hill could target down the field. They love that pairing. They haven't been able to take advantage of it much since Taysom Hill has been the starting quarterback. But they love that pairing. You saw them sub Taysom Hill in a couple of times just to target Deontay Harris. Playoffs last year as well as in other points in the season. So there's a lot of communication and a lot of rewards between the two of them because of the level that they were in in the second team team in practice. They have really good communication, really good chemistry. So he's able to go with those jets and get back and back and ball. So they're not running like Trey I think uh, I think there's something up with your mic right now. You, you kind of got a little staticky throughout that, and it was echoing a little bit. So um, I'm Sorry not sure what happened with that. But Sanjay, is that on your end as well? Or Yeah, I'm hearing that a little bit, too. Oh, sorry, sorry. No am worries. I better at this point or am I no, still bad? Still going so on. Don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, but while we uh, while we move through this matchup, we, I think we pretty much covered it all. Um, I mean, I think we pretty much covered offense, defense, a little bit of special teams as well. I mean, I feel like we're ready for this matchup. So, Sanjay, with that said. Why don't you give your score and your player of the game for this one? And I'll give mine and Rocks, you. you can finish this up. Score for this game. Again, I'm hoping for less than a four-score difference out here. So <laughs> I think it's going to be messy <laughs> on our offensive end. I'm going to say. Um, now, you're, now you're better, Ross. My good now? Okay, yeah. I just yeah, I just yeah. reset it. I was just like, well, let me just try a different microphone and then switch it back. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry about that. No, okay. it's okay. No problem. It's not your fault. Go ahead, Sanjay. All right, and that for that score, I'm thinking. I think there's going to be a good bit of rushing touchdowns for you guys, but I think again, Sean Payton being one of those coaches who, if we don't stop the run, he's just going to go to it. I think the game's going to get shortened a bit. I'm going to say thirty. I'm going to say thirty to ten. I feel pretty good about thirty to ten. Obviously, I think the Saints are going to win this one. Player of the game, I'm going to say I think you were. Very on the ball with Alvin Kamara, but just because I want to say an eagle, mm -hmm. I'm going to say I really do think Singleton's going to have a chance to show out in this game because Peyton's going to go heavy with the run. And I'm curious to see what Singleton does against such an advanced run game. I want to see how his detection for the ball, whether instinct can translate to reading what's happening. I want to see if he can do that. So yeah, I'm going to say 30 to 10. For the Saints, the player will probably be Kamara, but for the Eagles, I think it'll be Singleton. All right, well, for my score prediction, I'm going to go 38-7 to seven Saints. Um, so 10 less than the last regular season matchup. Um, hopefully Alshon can catch the ball in this one at the least. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I just I really have a tough time seeing the Eagles win this one. Um, player of the game, I'm going to go a little bit out of the ordinary. I'm going to go with Jared Cook. I think this Eagles defense really struggles against tight ends. We saw it last week with Big Bob Tanyan. Um, he got behind the defense a couple times. <laughs> but the, the, the guy who I was, uh, the guy who I had on last week was calling him Bobby Biceps. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I 
you know, the Eagles linebackers often have miscommunication about coverages. You know, sometimes it'll be bracket coverage and one of them will pass off the tight end to the other one and the other one's not playing into man coverage. So um, (laughs) it's uh, stuff like that. Um, They have, you know, Jalen Mills might have to slide down to cornerback, which then forces rookie Kayvon Wallace to play at safety um, because we cut Will Parks earlier this year. Right. We didn't even use Will Parks. So it's that and the injuries to the linebacker. I think maybe you could see Jared Cook at least at the least maybe just be productive in the red zone too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you point out Jared Cook because he needs that game. Mm. He he really, really needs that game. Um, all right, so I will go uh, – I'm going to take the Saints – I'm going to go a little bit different here. I'm going to take the Saints 24 to 9. Um, I think mm. that when it comes down to the Saints, they're they're really like a 24 to 27 point team with Taysom Hill under center. Like that's 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 what they are because that's all they yeah. need to be thanks to their defense. Um, the Saints went 42 possessions between touchdowns between the first quarter of San Francisco week 10 and then the fourth quarter of Atlanta week 13. Um, I think they could potentially allow a touchdown here to where it, it really looks like 24 to 10 by the end of it. But I'm going to just say 24 to nine. I think that defense wants to get back to not allowing anybody into that end zone. Um, another tight end to focus on would be Adam Troutman, but I'm going to pick a guy over mm-hmm. on the defensive side. And I want to talk about what Ryan Rowe just said real quick too, but I'm going to pick a guy mm-hmm. over on the defensive yeah. side and I'm going to talk about Quan Alexander. Uh, I think Quan mm-hmm. Alexander ends up being a player of the game. He has been inches away from interceptions in every game that he's played with the Saints so far. He's, he had such an impact in the middle of the field. That third down passing over the middle of the field for the Saints before he was there was around 80, 90 in terms of their passer rating. It dropped to 20 on the offensive uh, left side of the field and three over the middle. He has been remarkable for them wow. in terms of what he's been able to do. And that's wow. such a huge part. We talked about how important it is for the Saints to take away the middle of the field. He's a big part of that. So I'll point out Quan Alexander. Um, but Ryan Rose said that the Eagles need an early lead. I kind of want that to happen because I want to see, and it's not that I want the Saints to lose or, or anything like that, you know, before anybody, yeah, yeah. Any, any Saints fans come at me. I just want to <laughs> see, I want to see Taysom Hill operate against a deficit. We haven't seen that yet. He's been in the lead every game that he's played, all three of these games that he's played so far. So, to Ryan's point, the Eagles can benefit from having an early lead, but the evaluation process of Taysom Hill benefits greatly if we can see him combat an early deficit. 100%. Well, I think that's pretty much all I had planned for the podcast today. I know this one went a little bit long, but we... Sorry, I'm long-winded. <laughs> no, no, we we it's enjoyed it. I mean, we actually, we we love going long. We, we just don't want to hold you too long or our guests too long. So we're glad that you enjoyed doing this with us too. Cause we really did just, I, I feel like Sanjay, this was probably the best preview we did most in depth. This might've been. Yeah. Um, no, like, I appreciate y'all. We, yeah, of course we, we love doing this. We would love to talk to you in the off season in the future with the playoffs at some point too, yeah, and man. have you back on. We really appreciate your insight and we, we really appreciate having you on here. I'm sure Sanjay um, feels the same way. So I just wanted to say that before we wrap up. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely guys. Absolute pleasure. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah it's a pleasure to have you on, Ross. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, who tuned in this episode and who is watching the replay. Uh, run, booby, run. Hopefully, if Doug decides to do that this week, uh, fly, Eagles, fly. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it.